What we really need in this in this world where everything's starting to be chaotic and crazy is, you know, we need some connection, some human connection. And we have the possibility of doing that because we are inside people's heads. Podcast Junkies, episode 136. Welcome back. My name is Harry Duran. If you are hearing my voice for the very first time, I normally don't talk like this. I talk like this. <laughs> and I get silly, and uh, regular listeners will know that I need to mix it up every now and then so you don't get bored. I like to talk to amazing podcasters every week or so-ish. And in case you missed last week's episode, we had a doozy of a show I don't use the phrase doozy enough, so I'm going to start sprinkling that into my um, my conversation. Jay Soderberg, aka Pod Vader, is a longtime, longtime podcaster, and he talks about his experience working at ESPN, how he ended up at Blog Talk Radio, how the name came about, how his name, Pod Vader, came about, his fascination with Legos. <laughs> as you can see, it was as you can hear. From the description, it's wide-ranging, and he's a lot of fun, and he brings a unique perspective to podcasting, and a sense of humor, which I think is always, always appreciated. So please check that out, episode 135. This week, we speak to Amanda Doughty from the Great Beer Adventure Podcast. This wraps up my series from PodFest. I believe I've got everyone that I wanted to speak to from there. I did a count the other day, and I posted it in the PodFest group. I spoke to 10 podcasters from PodFest. It's been an amazing, amazing series of conversations. And just in time, as I'm getting ready to head to podcast movement at the end of August, and just going to restart that engine back up. So if you see me out and about and you can't miss me, I'll be in my orange, yellowish orange podcast junkies t-shirt. Let's talk, let's connect, because that's how I decide what the next round is going to be. Who are the cool people that I met that are doing cool things and that have really nice and fun shows and that I want my listeners to get to know better. So Amanda falls into that category. I teased it last week, but she had uh, beer samples ready and waiting for us on day one of PodFest. We talk about her plans to start a TV show about craft beer. We geek out on vampire movie picks. Uh, she's got some cool tips on how to seal your cooler when flying with beer. Um, we talk about the different types of events she attends. Uh, <laughs> edible six-pack beer rings. We'll leave it at that. You're going to have to listen more to hear that. Then we hear, hear her first beer story. So much fun stuff here. She's such a good sport, and she's so much fun to have on the show. This is really a fun one. You know, sometimes these shows go down different paths, but this is just out-and-out out fun nonstop for the whole conversation, and I know you'll be smiling. We are sponsored by, specifically this episode, sponsored by Podbean. I wanted to walk you through quickly how sponsorship works on Podbean. They have it laid out here on the site, on the sponsorship.podbean.com site. Really easy. Step one, create an ads campaign. Step two, invite podcasts and review applications. They have a system that's going to recommend the top podcasts that match your criteria. And then you can invite the podcast you like. Step three, reach agreements. You select the podcast you wish to work with based on their proposals. And step four, 
you execute the campaign, they have a secure messaging system and allows you to work out the details with the podcaster, coupon codes, ad copy, time frame, etc. So it, it makes it really, they make it really easy for you. And uh, in the words of Podbean, you're only a click away from launching your advertising campaign. So head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies, and then click on the advertising tab for more details. Full show notes for this episode will be at podcastjunkies.com slash 136. We take pride in our show notes as they're really detailed. They've got the full summary, timestamps, tweetables, and even all the links mentioned. So if there's something strikes your fancy, you can be sure that we've covered it in the show notes. So please check that out, podcastjunkies.com slash 136. So let's jump into our conversation with Amanda, but don't forget to stay till the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. So Amanda Dowdy, which rhymes with rowdy. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Podcast Junkies. Thank you so much for having me. Yet another great outcome of PodFest. I I, I can't, I mean, I I think I've met and had more people on from one conference uh, with PodFest than I actually did with Podcast Movement, which is surprising considering how many people were there. But yeah. I think it also speaks to the level of connection that you can make at an intimate conference, and you can just vibe with people over those two, th- those three days in a way I think that's harder at podcast movement. I don't know if you've been to both or, or if you can compare it. No, I haven't been to podcast movement, but I have heard tales, and it's very big and amazing and everything. But yeah, I think Podfest really allows for you know that there is a quite a few people there but it's definitely a more manageable amount from what i can tell and also i travel with beer so it's really that i cheat the system i try to make it super easy to like oh that's the girl with the beer i should go talk to her yeah so maybe podcast movement would be just fine for me like maybe i would get to meet everyone that'd be a lot of beer though (laughs) Well, that was the first one. It was funny enough that you mentioned it. It was one of the first things that I noticed when I walked into the, 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 the convention center. And I was like, who's setting up like uh, the beer table? <laughs> and I don't think up until I think we had I'd kind of seen or we had engaged maybe in one of the Facebook groups online. But I don't think we had met formally. So, you know, what, what better? I don't think formally, no. What better <laughs> um, introduction? And um, what, what do they call? I guess they call it the social... Uh, lubricator or the social <laughs> de inhibitor, like <laughs> with beer. And was that, yeah. was that a conscious effort? So, my whole thing is I love podcasting and I love craft beer. And the reason that I love both of them so very much is that there are so many passionate, creative people in both industries. And, you know, they don't, both industries don't normally hang out as much as I hang out in both industries. So I really try to spread the word about how amazing craft beer is. And so my whole thing is drink local wherever you are. Obviously, I do a beer podcast. I mean, I mean, we're here. We're, we've got we've got to be talking about that. Right. So um, I, I travel with beer from Maine or you know, at least New England, when I go out of state or out of the area so that I can really help show people like how amazing 
all these things are. And it's really is even without necessarily drinking the beverage. Yes, it does kind of lubricate situations sometimes. But even without that, it really offers a really interesting way to uh, start a conversation because people are doing these amazing things with beers. And each beer has a story and each brewery has a story and the can art just can pull people in. And I just think it's amazing to be able to you know, show people what is happening around the world. And, you know, a little inside secret of mine is that I I actually have big plans to start a TV show someday where I go around and I travel and I find these communities where craft beer has come in and actually, you know, changed the whole landscape because a brewery will open up and then a restaurant will open up that will have really great food and really amazing local beers and bring in other beers and then artists will come and musicians will come and it becomes this whole renaissance of these towns that you know a lot of mill towns you know where the mills and the factories were big and then they've kind of fallen on hard times when those industries have died down and craft brew, uh, craft beer can come in and just revitalize a whole space. And it's happening all over the world. And I just, I love sharing that with people because I don't think enough people really realize that that is what's happening. You know, alcohol is still a little taboo, like, uh, you know, alcohol. No, but it's not. It's like this creative, this creative piece that I just, so Yes, it's a conscious conscious effort for me to bring beer with me wherever I go. Um, but I am socially awkward anyway, so it gives me a reason to talk to people. Like, look at this beer I brought. You can try some if you want to. If you don't want to, at least look at it. It's really nice. It's pretty. I thought what was what was funny is that it was it was in the morning, so <laughs> we came over and you had the the coffee beer yeah. too, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Um, I always get his last name wrong, but Kremistos. Kremitzos. Hit that T in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, so I need you to um, pour some of your beers. I'm like, I didn't bring enough for everybody here. Like, He's like, I need you to pour some. I need you to do it now. I'm like, really? Right now? Like what? And so I think actually um, I'm going to try to work with him uh, next year and try to work with some breweries down there yeah. and have like an actual proper tasting at the event. So Yeah, I think – um, there's so, so much to, to tease apart there. When you were telling, when you were describing <laughs> what it is you want to do in your plans, immediately I thought of like the Food Network and like the diners and whatever that show is called. Like yeah, people... diners, drive-ins, yeah. dives or something. So like, wh- of course, why wouldn't there be a super niche show on craft beers? Uh, and I imagine, you know, and why not you, right? <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, actually, so... So there's a lot of thought that I've put into this. I've kind of just started scratching the surface with you. But yeah, uh, Travel Channel or Food Network are places that I think it would be amazing to be. Um, And there's actually been craft beer shows before. But um, what happens is, you know, a host will go. Most of the time it's men. And they'll go and hang out with other brewers that are most of the time men. And they'll drink beer together. And, you know, they just sometimes bro out together and then you're just watching like a bro fest and you know and if you're in that town you're like oh that's really cool I can go try that beer but you know if it's a brewery that's on the west coast I'm on the east coast and I'm not necessarily going to get a chance to get over there and try that beer so I don't want to just look at 
a beer or a brewery. I want to look at the movement that's happening so you can really understand what craft beer is doing. And actually, there's there's stuff that shows that like craft beers as they are now don't do craft beer shows don't do well on networks. Mm. But I think it's because of the way that it is. It's like you can't necessarily try those beers. So you get stuck just being like, oh, all right. But yeah. if you know the story and the passion, and that's really what I'm after is like the emotion and the hows and the whys. Even in my podcast, that's what I, I want to know. You know, I was telling, I'm, I'm starting to do some work with correspondence and I've got like a lead correspondent that's helping me out. And he's a little bit of a bro guy sometimes. So I'm like, listen, I don't really care how they started a brewery. Most breweries started the same exact way. I'm like, I want to know what his wife thinks. Like, I want to know how it's changing their, you know, relationship. I want to know, you know, does he still have the same amount of hair as when he started? Like, you know, I want to know all these things that are really like emotions. And I, and I said, I know it's going to push you outside of your comfort zone to be able to have these conversations, but but find it out. That's what, you know, that's what I really want my show to be about is really finding out the feelings. And I'm a girl. I like, I like feelings. I have a lot of them. Like I feel them all, all the time, every day. So why not share those and like find out what everybody else is feeling at the same time? Well, this idea of feelings is really what we're about and how we're really connecting in a way that's different you know with podcasts we only have the the audio available so we have to impart some of that emotions through the stories that we tell and if if we tell them correctly and if we ask the right question we elicit a response from our guests that the the audience can hear you know and then yeah. and, and if when people are are um like thorough in their response and and they take their time it's because they're thinking and because you've made them think and so that that if you ask them uh questions that really get their mind going that provoke them that elicit an emotion i mean those are the best things for me you know when podcasts i mean i have so much as podcasters we have so limited time that we have to be really selective and i think the shows that are catching my ear lately are are the ones that you know go deeper go deeper than just that surface level that you, you know you're you're alluding to yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, as you were talking, I was really trying to feel like in my head where I hear you and I feel you like inside my head when you're talking. Right. Um, and so you're you know, you are somebody's Jiminy Cricket. You're in their head and you're having these conversations. And that's what a podcast allows us to do. I mean, we both have like the earphones on that sit outside our ears, but quite often you're literally inside somebody's ear with the earbuds. And so you want to not just fill them sometimes people just want like junk food for the brain but you know that's why i watch vampire shows like i don't really want to think um but i gotta tell you we gotta pause and say that no vampire should sparkle in the sunlight that is wrong if that <laughs> you, you, is the you case, mean the actual vampire sparkling in the sunlight yes if you've ever tried to watch twilight you see like they go on they're like oh sparkly and shiny you're like no that is not how vampires work but anyways so i get it there are shows out there like that, but you know what we really need in this in this world where everything's starting to be chaotic and crazy is you know we need some connection, some human connection, and we have the possibility of doing that because we are inside people's heads. 
We're going. I, I got to keep track of all the different threads we're opening up here. So. Oh, you just you, you try, try. I see I'm you gonna, taking notes. You try. My brain goes everywhere so quickly. Hold on. Okay, we're going down the vampire trail now. Um, I'm vampire. a fan. I'm a fan of artsy vampire movies. Have you seen Let the Right One In? No. Oh, it's it's a it's a Scandinavian. I think it's Dan- Swedish. I think it's a Swedish movie, and it's with children and it's vampires. Oh, that sounds scary. But it's so, so, so incredibly stylish. And they did an American version, and obviously it's never as good. But this it's called Let the Right One In. I guarantee you, you're going to be just blown away because it takes the genre and just kind of you know flips it a little bit. Uh, and kids are the like the main story. And it's not gore. It's just, te- you know, tension. And, and yeah, it's, it's just so, so well done. And then another... I- Another one. Hold on. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, pause. Okay. You got, if you're talking about kids being vampires. So I like, I like um, teen angstiness because yeah. it's laughable, but kids are inherently like freaky anyways. And then like, I've got two of them. I have yeah. a three-year-old and a six-year-old yeah. and like they're little zombies half the time. And you're worried that they're going to eat your brain. Like they literally come up and they grab your face and you're like, oh no, they're going to suck my soul. <laughs> right. And then you add on top of that, they, that being vampires that sounds that sounds it's interesting You'll, that sounds worse than gore to me like <laughs> yeah because a lot of times the, the best <sighs> the best horror or or you know in, in is when it affects your mind and it lets you create the visuals you know those those monster movies are the best when they don't show the monster like you know you just you just want to imagine wow how bad can this be or what's around that corner or what's under the bed you know and you know, inevitably <sighs> when they show it it's just like ah uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't as good as what your mind thought you know like when you when i read stephen king books i'm just like i can imagine it 10 times worse than you know probably he even thought because you know your your imagination gets the best of yeah. it sometimes Fun fact, Stephen King is from Maine, and I actually where I grew up, um, my Bangor. my parents had a – yeah, um, but he actually uh, also had a place down um, near Oxford Hills where I grew up, and uh, my parents had a um, – like a little gas station, and he would stop in there sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, he's been a patron of my family's before. So, I, I love – Fun I, fact. I love – he's one of the – you know, I first – I was reading a lot when I first got into reading like uh, horror. He's really the only one I read because of, yeah. of horror because he's just an amazing, amazing storyteller. Like it just blows me away. I'd have these books like this thick hardcover books uh-huh. and I would just plow through them in like a week. <gasps> yeah. And and, uh, and my family already knew like when it came Christmas time, they're like, well, is there a new Stephen King book available? Cause we just <laughs> get it for Harry. He'll love it. And so yeah. Yeah. it's uh, coming back. Did you see that? Yeah. It, the remake. Oh, so scary. <laughs> that is scary. I watched the TV show. John Ritter was on there, too. It was, uh, they there did was a, a TV show? Yeah, an ABC. They did a miniseries uh, years ago. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's hard, but uh, there have been a couple of um, Stephen King movies that have made it to the screen, like um, Misery was like mm-hmm. amazing because Kathy Bates is amazing. And you know, there's a couple that have translated well. Um, yeah. but, but I'm not going to lose the vampire thread. There's another okay, one. Okay, go vampires. <laughs> one more. It's called a, a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, and it's Iranian. Yeah, wow. it's Yeah, it's a, it's it was made in Iran, and which is crazy. <laughs> Super arty, uh, you know, subtitles and everything. But yeah, watch watch Let the Right One In, and then watch that one. It'll just it just throws the genre. Like, do you think 
you know, everything's been done in the genre. And then you watch that and you're like, oh, this is how you're supposed to make like an intelligent like film about vampires uh, that hasn't been done before. So both of those will be interesting. Uh, please report back on your findings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will. Um, I put them on the list. So the other thing you were you were talking about is uh, you the, the need to always travel and with beer. I, I, I get this vision of you as like um, in the Prohibition days, like <laughs> rum runners and stuff <laughs> crossing state lines. I mean, there was a time in this country when what you are doing would have been illegal. Uh, yeah, it's not technically legal either. I don't think. Oh, really? But I'm yeah. Uh, there's a lot of weird rules uh so prohibition actually is maine's fault so we apologize um back before prohibition got started um portland had like 600 bars and beer establishments in just a small little area and lushes you know we took the whole like don't drink milk or water very seriously we're like done and uh it was bad and so there was this whole push that they uh, started outlawing alcohol. And when other uh, states started adopting it, they actually called them the main laws because. And so now we're really trying to like make up for it. That's yeah. why we've got so much amazing beer up here. We actually have over. Oh, I think we have over 85 breweries now. The number changes every day. They're just opening up so quickly. But. Yeah, there's so many laws left over from that that, you know, technically you're not necessarily supposed to, like, travel beers around. But everybody kind of does it. I think it's more if you're going to, like... For, 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 for reselling or something like that, maybe. Yeah. And also, I don't know that's necessarily legal for me to, like, go and share it with people. Like, mm. I can go and bring it for my own consumption. Yeah. Or if you go um, to a party. I mean, I, I, it probably has to do with the amounts, right? I mean, I mean if you're yeah. carting kegs across state lines, <laughs> yeah, that's like, something different than a couple of six packs. Yeah. It's always fun, though. Like, so if you ever want to travel with alcohol, fly on Southwest because two bags fly free. Um, <laughs> so you can put your yeah. clothes in one and you can put um, a cooler in the other. Um, and it's always funny because travel with a check in your cooler. Yeah, that's what, you, so you've done that. Yeah, and like I've, that's how I got to Orlando from Maine. <laughs> I, was, I, there's no. What about the air pressure? Like the, the the that not exploding beers that doesn't happen. Well, there's exploding beers, anyways. That, that happens sometimes, but that's more like a defect on the um the process. Okay. You know, somebody's messed up something. Uh, but no, think about it. They have soda up there. They yeah. serve beer themselves. That's true. That's true. Um, so all those things are already up there. And so <laughs> I actually have like, I have a very specific cooler that I travel with and I can fit like 24 cans with bubble wrap around it. Uh, 26 if they're the right shape yeah. and size. Um and yeah, so you just kind of, you know, put it in there and you've got the one with a double zipper. You pop your lock on and you go up to the counter and you're just like, they're like, so do you have anything like this? And you're like, yeah, actually, that's all beer. And they're like, okay. And they like, and they can tell like when there's conferences and stuff going on because I uh, actually went uh, also this year down to D.C. And I was for like the, uh, bringing... For the podcasting conference? No, uh... this was for a craft brewers conference. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was it was fun, except for the whole getting uh, food poisoning for most of the time I was down there, which ruined the entire experience. But other oh. than that, it would have been a lot of fun. 
Um, but I came home with a lot of beers for my husband and I checked my bags in um, and they're like, so a lot of people are doing this today. I was like, yeah, there's a conference. We're all going home. Like they know, they can see, like they they understand that a lot of people kind of like after, like lots of brewers and stuff will bring beers home. For me, I my husband and I have a really awesome understanding. Um, you know, I'm kind of this introvert extrovert type of person. He more hangs out in the introvert space, anyways. But we the reason that craft uh, great beer adventure got started was because we would go out on these adventures together and I would blog about it. And then I had babies and then it morphed into this podcast where it gave me an excuse to leave the house because I'm a really bad stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And so um, the the kind of the agreement now is we get to continue this, this adventure together by I go out, I talk to people, I collect beer on my travels and I bring it home and I share the stories and the beers with him when I get back. I'm... Um, um notorious for asking logistical questions <laughs> friends of mine will know that um that it's a, it's a tendency that i have so how do you seal a cooler because most of them are just like you know just a, a lid that there's no lock on there okay so you get like the the soft ones with the zippers but then they have the soft ones that have the the inserts that are harder okay so there's like there's a coleman one that is a soft side so it's got the zippers um you could also just use duct tape if you wanted to go with a hard plastic one. Just duct tape that baby up. But they'll probably slice it and yeah. re-duct tape it just to check it. Um, so how, how, but, many, yeah. how, how many times do you name check potential sponsors on your show? How to name check? Well, you mentioned Coleman. Like I'm Immediately, like when oh. you start mentioning products, I'm like, sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Oh, listen, in my, in my show, we talk about breweries and items and everything. So, um, I would say about half dozen times a show, there are potential people that should be giving me money. So to, can, you talk, can, you, can you talk a little bit about like the relationship you've had or, you know, long-term plans for, and, and what your thoughts are about that? About monetizing? Spon yeah, sponsors in general. Yeah. Because it seems like such a, you know, great opportunity. Yeah. So what happens is a lot of people that are in the podcasting space, but not in the beer space are like, oh, well, it makes perfect sense. Have a, pod, a brewery give you money. Breweries don't make money that much. Like you don't go into a brewery being like, you know what, I'm going to be rich and famous when I'm done with this. No, you go in because you love it. And you're like, yeah, this should be a, this is a viable business plan. And then you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for shoes? Yeah. You know, so, okay, it's not quite that bad, but. Um, how am I going to pay for my beers? Right, right, right. How do I keep making beer? Um, so they don't have a lot of wiggle room for a lot of like ongoing stuff. Also, beer is very regional. So unless you are like Sierra Nevada, who's big. Yeah. They're everywhere. They could do something like this, but at the same time, they're not necessarily going to want to sponsor a small show like I have. Um, oh, who is it? How about Lagunitas? Lagunitas. That's who I was thinking of. So Lagunitas, they sponsor shows, yeah. but they sponsor like big shows like NPR. You know, they're a big brewery, so they want to sponsor somebody big that are in millions of years. And it makes sense for them. For but, me, but when you I... think about it, just to kind of, you know, push the the hypothesis on that, isn't it better to have an audience that's super, super, super niche like you? Like I heard it on Song Exploder. It's a 
It's a, a podcast from Hrishikesh Hirway. Uh, he takes songs and he breaks about like each stem of the song. And he talks to the artist. He's talked to Bono and Bjork. It's amazing. I remember when he started the show. But I was walking home one day and I had heard, I was listening to a show. I heard Lagunitas on the end. I'm getting to the deli. I think it's like a hot summer day. And I go in and I'm like, I want to buy a beer. And I literally just remember hearing Lagunitas on the show. They will never know that that promo led to me make, the, make that purchase. I've talked about this a couple of times, but it, it was, it's a branding play. So, you know, he's not, you know, he's, he doesn't, his audience, he doesn't like every single person in his audience probably doesn't drink beer. So there's an audience, there's a portion of his audience where that promo falls on deaf ears. But for you, like almost 80, 90% of people would be like, oh, if, you know, Amanda recommends it, you know, I'll check it out. And so it's just so much more like concentrated and and like laser focused, the demographic that you have. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not a lot of the way the the big advertising bucks feel. Yeah. Um, So... I do have a way that I'm going to try to partner up with breweries and I can get to that in a minute, but you were specifically asking about sponsorship. Um, I have a hard time asking people to give me money because I form these relationships. We talk about things, you know, and then be like, Oh, by the way, I could really use a little bit of your cash. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't feel right to me. So I actually just partnered up with a uh, local person here. She's wonderful, and she's going to start reaching out to some people. So the people that make sense for sponsors for my show are actually um, not MailChimp, which is a great service. I use them, but yeah. it has nothing to do with anything. Um, well, not for your audience. It, no, right. That's what I mean. Like yeah. My audience is like, great i'm not sending a <laughs> newsletter like the most i'll do is take a picture and yeah. pop it on instagram i've, I've been um, i've been i've been uh i won't hold that thought i don't want you to lose yours i'll write mine okay now. Ahead, yeah. um so the people that make sense for like advertisers on my show would be um you know the beer geek paraphernalia websites so homebrew supplies t-shirts home bars which are really a big thing now you know they're the next home chefs or the home bartenders and um so those type of places so we'll be reaching out to some of them also tourist um places so you know like the portland board of tourism that would be a really good one um i've actually talked to the main tourism board and they're going through some like structural stuff and i don't even know who to talk to i don't think they know who i should talk to so you know (laughs) you gotta the, the those are the types of people though or like things to do in places when you get there so like portland oregon or portland maine if one of those places has a really great um like brewery tour bus company that would be a great type of place so the, those are the people we're going to be working um with trying to bring on as sponsors as far as the breweries are concerned we're actually going to try to do also um Ashley, who's working with me now, um, she's going to be reaching out to breweries and seeing about them being part of uh, almost like a paid to play directory. So we're going to put together this whole package and try to get people around the country, potentially the world, but we're going to start with the country um, that, you know, they get a whole package, which is like a blog post and on this directory, um, you know, part of an interactive map, their events, we share the social media, really making it be more of just being on the 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 like paying each month to be on the podcast but more of like being on our platform and because we're really working on trying to pump up the travel aspect of it so that's what we're gonna 
we're going to be working on bringing in. And so we're calling it the Member Brewery Program, which is kind of a working title right now. We're thinking that it might make sense for like really good beer bars to be on there too. Um, but we don't know if there'll be any kind of interest in that. So we're going to wait and see before we like rename it or anything. But um, yeah, that's that's what we're kind of trying to do to like work with those breweries because it makes a lot more sense to give them some SEO value Yeah. so that – you know. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I think try to get that quick win first or it'll be dis- it might get discouraging as you spend a lot of time you trying to chase down sponsors. I think figure out, you know, where you might have the the best response or anyone that you've even started conversations with and and that travel coolers as well. <laughs> Look up a whole there's probably 10 or 15 that specialize in that, you know, just hit them up and you know uh, what I what a, a friend of mine, Denny Cray, he, he's one of the early guests on the show. He's got a, a, a podcast called Diz Runs, and he would create promos for sponsors, but he didn't have the contract with them already. So he would just do a read, and he would just act as if he, they were already a sponsor, and then he would send that to them. So he'd put them on SoundCloud and just be like, "Hey, this is a this is what it would sound like if I was doing an ad read for your show for your product." So that's because sometimes they need to hear it right because you can describe it and you can show it and you can give them links to other stuff but when they hear like their show their product being mentioned on your show um to your target audience i think that solidifies that for them a bit more yeah we think that the the best place to start is with this member brewery program uh we've got all the stuff laid out and uh we have we have big plans of getting that going in the next week um we already have some people that are interested in it. Um, the plan was for me to tell everybody about it at the craft brewers conference before I got food poisoning. <laughs> After I got food poisoning, the plan became just get the audio that I came for yeah. because I can't do much else. So did you have <laughs> you know? a, a podcasting set up there? Oh, I am. Um, I do everything on the on the run. I say that I podcast in the wild. So I actually have two setups. Um, one setup is I have the Zoom H6. Mm-hmm. And um, for some reason, I don't know, I think there's a power problem. But I can't get all six of them to like really pick up correctly. But I can get four of them to pick up correctly. Like putting that extra piece on really does something to the audio. So normally when I go out to, you know, a bar, brewery, tap room, um, hop field, uh, like all these different places where I could possibly find people that want to talk about beer with me, um, I will pop that on a table, pop up some mics, and we'll just have a conversation there. But for events, and I actually had it on down at PodFast, I use a leather harness, mm-hmm. and it's got my Zoom H2N strapped to it with my um, ATR2100 or AT2005, whichever one happens to be attached. Handy, yeah. Yeah, whichever one's handy, with my pink windscreen on it and my mic flag, and um, yeah, so that's kind of how I do that one. I just, I like going out to events like that. Like I said, I am socially awkward, so that kind of gives me a way to start talking to people. People are like, what are you wearing? I'm like, oh, this handy leather harness here <laughs> is, you know, part of my, my podcast. The conversation and starter. Exactly, yeah. So what was the was that the first time you had been to that craft beer uh, conference? Yes, that was the first one. I, um, I went as media. It was lovely. 
And what, so what was your experience? Because this, this is such an interesting thing that anyone who's podcasting can really think about. Like, what is your niche? What do you specialize in? Where do people go and congregate around the topic that you're podcasting about? And how can you go in and be the podcasting, you know, expert or the podcasting person? Because a lot of people there are, are there to dem- demo their beer or demo their beer products or paraphernalia or whatever. And you come in with a different angle because you, you want to tell their story. So, can you talk a little bit more about like what that experience was like for you or and if there were any surprises or things that happened that you know you that you didn't think would happen? So I didn't think I would get food poisoning. That's one number one, yeah. Um that really dampened the whole thing, but um yeah, so I feel like there's definitely two types of potential places to go. So like conference-wise. So there's like your industry that you're in and you are being the voice of and then where your audience is. And they're not necessarily at the same place. So I was at an industry-specific place. So that's where I go to really um you know get their stories, have conversations, find out about them, make those connections that could potentially turn into more. And you know, one you have to be on like you have to be your true self and if you know whatever that true self is you need to be that person and be there and be on and ready to go i was not i failed miserably at that um but i definitely did get some really good audio because people are willing to tell their story they want to tell it they want to be uh they're they're very passionate about it like in my industry that's what it is now another I also bring my microphone when I go to places where my audience are. So those are more festivals. And I'm actually putting on an event called the Beer Geek Retreat, which is like a two-night sleepaway camp on the ocean um, for beer geeks. It's going to be so amazing. That's where I actually was this morning. I was like taking pictures on the ocean, drinking beers, recording things. Yeah. So like, it was a really fun morning here in Maine. Um, But you know, those events are different. I still bring my microphone and I find places where I can bring outside perspectives. So something that I, um, the first hundred episodes I did, I always included in like, what is your first beer memory? And Clamor is actually a really great spot to be able to take one question like that and get a lot of people to be able to answer it. Cause you can, you don't have to go and have it be part of like your show. You know, I just did first beer memories on clamor. I haven't put any up in a long, long, long time, but you can take it. And if you have a question like that, you know, you can take your microphone and you can start interviewing all these people. I think Danny Pena was talking about like going to lines. He does gamer tag radio. And so he would go to these um, video game releases and he would get people on camera and they would want to tell their friends because they were on camera. It's the same thing with a microphone. You go and you ask somebody their first beer memory and, you know, then use that and, you know, they're going to start trying to listen and find themselves. And it also gives you a chance to like give out your stickers, give out your podcast cards, you know, talk to them and really get them engaged. And the microphone really is the way that's my lubricant. Yes, there's beer there, but my way that I really get people to talk to me is just be like, Hey, I want to know about you and pop a mic in their face. And they're like, I will tell you, I will tell you everything and I will be your best friend. And how can I tell my friends how awesome I am? (laughs) Danny's great. He's, uh, there's so much, so much inspiring stuff that comes out of his mouth. Like every time I meet him or see him on stage, like I'm, I'm just 
overwhelmed by his heart too because he's he's yeah. such a giving person and he just gives unconditionally um if you guys want to listen to that episode it's 78 where i interviewed just danny and uh 96 where i interviewed the whole gamer tag radio crew invited nice. into the into the cbs studios so it's these Whoa. connections right so danny's in florida but he was coming to la because he's part of the play.it group within cbs and he said hey harry i'm going to be at the studio why don't you come into the studio and record and interview the whole team and i was like yeah <laughs> come into a professional yeah, re- recording studio and it's amazing it's every podcaster's dream you sit there there's really nothing to touch you just start talking and they like there's a guy in the booth he's like all right just go ahead and then when you're done he's like all right i'll send you the file and you just walk up and just like you don't have to like <laughs> save nothing you don't have to like watch files and just it's just all taken care of i think you know that's how howard stern feels like he sits down he's like okay you guys make the magic now yeah yeah i think that you know it's so much fun like that and you know i i i think one of the best things that danny does is he really finds new ways to connect with his audience um and I'm not quite on the same level, but I try to do that too because I'm super niche, niche, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I'm I, I'm super small and specific in my my topic as well, so I really try to find ways to do that as well, like through the retreat. And also, I'm on this big kick right now. I think I have the best show notes ever. I can say that because I don't write them. <laughs> um, you could totally do this yourself though if it was something, but a lot a lot of times show notes are like a recap of what's happening in the show you know with links and back stuff that's not what mine are mine have the links there are backlinks to everything you can find everything that you need to know that are you know we talk about in the show oh you want to know the link to that just go to the show notes they're there but they're more of a companion piece so a little bit more it's more of a blog post about it and you know i have somebody that edits my show and he does the show notes as well so as he's listening to it it's his um his reaction to it so you know on the 100th episode he talks he knows me at this point he's like you know our disney princess of craft beer you know has our 100th episode he he took everything that i loved and described a theme park and what i would want the theme park to be um you know in a prior one i interviewed people down in florida about um a brewery called dead lizards so he talked about like he has lizards in his backyard. So he went to actually try to go hunt one down and offer one a beer. And he like told us the whole story of him trying to do that because of the <laughs> listening to the show. And so it's, it really adds this dimension, this added value for the audience, you know, really trying to think about on Instagram. I try to make my Instagram feed be the magazine of the show, not just like, mm. this is what the episode is. Like it's, these are all the beery, wonderful things that happen at Great Beer Adventure. And then the stories is kind of like, you know, the behind the scenes and trying to really think about how we can add all this extra value into a platform. And that's what I'm really growing is my platform, yeah. not necessarily just my podcast. Have you looked into partnering with other beer podcasts and seeing if there's... Now, I always have this abundance mindset because a lot of times people freak out when they see other podcasters doing the same thing they're doing and they take one of two stances, right? They're like, well, it's competition, hands off. And then others like Jason Kabasi does Walking Dead cast. He's actually reached out to other Walking Dead podcasters and they've done collaborations where they share, you know, episodes together, like recap episodes or something. So I'm wondering if something similar happens with uh, the beer podcasts. Yes. So this is what happens. 
I started here in Portland, Maine two years ago. About a year later, about four different podcasts popped up all about beer. My first instinct was, I hate them all. My second instinct was, well, I might as well. I can still hate them as much as I want (laughs) because... Damn it! I started. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's I was a, that's the a sign that they noticed what you were doing. So that's you know, should, <laughs> right, feel right. And so you know, as soon as I find out, I'm like, oh hey, how are you? Welcome. Yeah. We should have you come on the show. <laughs> like, let's do this. So I'm definitely one of those people that no, I don't necessarily. I don't actually hate them. I you know I've, I'm good friends with most of them now. But my first instinct is just to be like super irritated. But then I know that in the long run, that's not going to do me or them any good. And why start these rivalries yeah. when we're all trying to do the same thing different ways? Like there's a, a beer and jujitsu show. I have no idea how to do jujitsu <laughs> and I have no intention to ever do it. So if that's what they want to do, you go because yeah. I am not. That's. That's not going to be on my show. So different audiences. Um, but it makes more sense for us to really team up. So I'm definitely one of those people that even though my initial thought is like, I, I bring people in. I'm like, OK, but how can we work yeah, together? Why not? Um, but also, I think that not just within the beer shows. So w- one of the things I'm really working on right now is um, Clay Groves from the Fish Nerds. He's out of New Hampshire. So Maine, New Hampshire, we're really close. Um, we partner up a lot. You know, beer and fish pair so well together that we really like play on that quite a bit. And it's trying to and we're actually working on putting together a workshop to do at a couple um, podcast conferences on how you can do these, um, you know, like, you know, in TGIF when like full house characters showed up on Family Matters. Like, how can you do that? How can you do your own version of that in the podcasting world? And not you can work with you know within like business shows working with business shows but what about a business show working with a beer show sure like what could we do what can we bring together what is a collaboration episode that we could would be different you know we could just share one episode yeah. and i have done that with some people where it's the same episode on both feeds but what could we do to make them be companion episodes so you know my listeners are going to want to come over to your feed to hear what we did on yours because it's going to be different than what we did on mine. And how can we start trying to share audience like that and really growing the community as a whole? Yeah, we I did that with um, Dan Lizette of the Podcast Digest. Essentially, what we did is we swapped host roles. So if you listen to his show, and we released it, I believe, the same week. So if you listen to that episode, like he would, he showed up on my show. He he and he did the podcast junkies introduction, but it was him, mm-hmm. his voice. So people were like, "What's going on here?" And then I did yeah. it on his. Hey, welcome to the podcast digest. I'm Harry Duran. <laughs> people were like, "What's going on here?" Like, and then we did. So we kind of forced people to listen to the second part of the interview on the other show. So I think it just introduced some new people in a quirky way. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. it's, your, it's your show. You can try different things and fun things and at any time. Hey. Exactly. And I think that it's really trying to find those like those hidden connections that, you know, is a lot of fun. Um, You know, there's a lot of breweries out there that do a lot to support fishing. So it really makes sense that we can pull in that kind of stuff. Um, We're actually planning a fishing trip. We're trying to get a brewer um, and we're going to go out like early morning. And, um, you know, I think he said we're trying to catch redfish. I don't know what those are. I've never actually been fishing other than for like trout and stuff on the side of a river. Um, So, yeah, I'm going out on a boat and I'm going to go fishing with the fish nerds. 
and there'll be some kind of audio from that on both of our shows and we'll see we're trying to get a brewer to come with us and it's uh i think that is it really makes sense you know we no matter where you are in life there's kind of like segments you know yeah but i think like the majority of us indie podcasters all fall in the same segment whether we're doing a business show whether we're doing a fish show whether we're doing a beer show whether we're doing a gaming show you know and so really trying to figure out how we can work together support each other and really try to boost up the industry as a whole i think that you know the big guys are doing really beautiful work i love you know a lot of the shows being put out by npr and gimlet and all of those i love that I think they're beautiful stuff. Um, and I don't, so I don't think we're against them. I just think it's easier for us to work with other indie people as well, you yeah. know, and really help us all rise up as an industry and take over more and more earbuds. Totally. I have a interesting mix of uh, fish uh, and beer that I just came across this morning. So uh, this is totally random, but I was reading Fast, Com- <laughs> Fast Company magazine and mm-hmm. they were talking about like innovative companies. And there's this one company that has invented, um, do you know the, the plastic six pack, you know, because it's bad for the environment, right? That, you know, the fish yeah. eat it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you I know put, what you're talking about. The, yeah. The, the edible one, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was super cool that, you know, you think of these things that, you know, people would just cut them and just like, oh, so the fish don't eat them. But if they are going to eat them, just make them edible, which I thought was super genius. And I was I was like, oh, I was thinking about this as we were going to have our conversation today. Like, yeah, beer and, you know, uh, good stuff that's for the environment. So I, but obviously you've heard of it already. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of controversy around it just because um there's a lot of people that are really interested in using them because a lot of brewers are really into trying to figure out. So the the brewing process is actually a dirty process. You know, there's a lot of water being used mm-hmm. and there's a lot of grain that is used, you know, not just in the actual beer itself. Like there's the grain is just left over. It's spent. And what do you do with that? The water, you have to use a lot of water to cool down the water you're actually using in the beer and Mm. and there's a lot of cleaning and sanitizing. So a lot of water is being used. So it's really hard for a lot of brewers because, you know, these people are more in line with doing right anyways. So they're like, Oh, we want to do this. We want to, we want to, how can we get a hold of these? Can we purchase them? And it's just, there's a lot of like answers that aren't being, a lot of questions that aren't being answered and like, how do we get this? And it doesn't seem that it's like really readily available and there's only one brewery that has it, but not, not like, I don't know. There's yeah. still a lot of I, questions. I think it was uh, screaming, See, reel, sweet, screaming, sweet reels, water? screaming reels. Oh, really? Yeah. I know Sweetwater uses yeah. them. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. There's always innovation, yeah. right? And there's always opportunities and, and maybe at some point you can be like, Oh, eco check-in what's happening with the industry because to your point like if especially if it's an industry that's known for a lot of waste you know i think people who are going to be conscious of that is, and not ignore it like like pretend it's not happening <laughs> in the industry mm-hmm. i think it's uh there's so much what just tells you how varied the topic is you think craft beer is like oh you're just gonna talk about drinking beer but there's so much if you start teasing out all the different pieces of it you'll never right, run out of stuff to talk about i know so many people when i first started were like how are you going to talk about that for so i'm like yeah. oh don't you even worry yeah. i have like a year's planned already yeah. like um even now i've gone i'm nearly two years in and we're switching format a little bit um 
but I've got the next year planned of what I want to talk about. Like I already know, like I've got, we're starting to go bi-weekly because we want to do it in a little bit more um, of a collage magazine type style. Mm -hmm. So it takes more editing, editing. Um, So I've got like the next 26 episodes, like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, And now I'm like, right. I always write notes. I come out of every conversation with like, two or three more ideas of things I want to talk about. Um, do, and this is a random aside. Are we using the same green pen? No, this is a pencil. <laughs> okay. I write all in pencil. I was a math teacher for a while okay. and I love and math and art and everything. So pencils are my, are my, are my thing. Um, so that's the next podcast. then. Yeah. Pencils, <laughs> the great pencil adventure. Um, so, so for the listeners, we're, obviously you guys know I do this on video Skype, and occasionally, like my pen pops into the screen, and I started seeing Amanda's writing utensil pop into the screen. I was like, "Are we using the same shade pen? of green?" <laughs> it is the same shade of green. So, tell me your um, your your first beer story. Um. Okay, I will. But hold on. Um. This is a this is a shout out to Danny. Danny, you and I need to um, get together and do a show and we can talk about um, games and pairing them with craft beer. That sounds amazing. An amazing right? episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do some kind of collaboration and we'll put different things on each one. Maybe he can bring a bunch of games and I will pair beers with them and I'll bring a bunch of beers and he can pair games with them. So um, you could do that with anything. Now I'm like, okay, can we do a a podcast review show where, like, episode review show where we pair podcast ep- episodes <laughs> with beers? Yeah, I there's um, uh, 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 Rich Rich Brooks who does uh, Agents of Change. Mm-hmm. He has a conference here, and I was like, ooh, can I pair your present like your people that are presenting and talking with beers? And he he didn't get it. I was like, no, but it would be really good. Yeah. Like, and he's like, I I don't understand. Like, All right, Rich, it's okay. Someday, someday yeah, you'll understand of, me. A lot of potential there. There is so much potential. You don't even know. Um, so yeah, if, I was so on if one... anyone listening has a podcast and can think of a good way to do a uh, a, a show, a beer pairing show with Amanda, when you <laughs> when you listen to this, reach out to her, and I'm sure there's yeah. there'll, there'll Amanda be a at Great Beer Adventure. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing yoga and beer now like it's so crazy like so yeah and it, the sky's oh, the limit yeah, right in the brewery yeah. it's wonderful um so my first beer story um there's the one that ha- like i never i was never one of those teenagers that actually had any any beers or alcohol drinking up very straight edge not by choice but by circumstance um i grew up in the middle of nowhere Literally, my closest cow, my closest neighbors were cows and buffalo. Um, you know, very pretty strict parents, and um, definitely scary parents. Like people didn't want to hang out with me. They're like, no, your, your <laughs> not not going to your house. No, no, no. Um, and and I was a great big dork, so I never really got invited to the pit parties. Anyways, that's just where people had parties. Were in sand pits. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. out in the middle of the woods in the yeah, sand pits. Makes sense. Yeah, that's that's how we roll in in Maine. Um, so my first sip of beer, I was actually a ski instructor. Um, there was a party that was like some 
old timey ski instructor sitting next to the keg. He's like, here, kid, try this. And I was not very old at the time, um, like six, well, 16. But I mean, like in a beer drinking way, I wasn't old enough to be drinking. So I took a sip and I was like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> like and quickly moved on. It was fine. Um, and then the next really significant beer memory was actually um so my husband husband and I now husband not then we met back in 2004 and um he had a quote unquote roommate at the time we met and so um we went out at the end of our first week of um of of training together we went and grabbed beers just to kind of talk and um we went to TGI Fridays and um he ordered like a one of the extra tall miller lights and i was like yeah i'll have that too and i was i was over 21 at this point i was like 24 i think at this point so my my beer drinking had been limited to like at the end of a night out with the girls drinking cocktails like my stomach doesn't really like the sweet drinks Mm -hmm. so like i would use um the beer to be a base to all the acid of the juice drinks. So okay. I would have beers, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't help with a hangover, but it helped with the moment <laughs> that we were in. Um, and it was like a buck. So I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just have a beer. And I didn't even taste it at that point. So it doesn't really count as a memory. But my husband said, um, Brian, Brian said to me, uh, to the waitress, I'll have a, a, a tall Miller Lite. And I was like, yeah, I'll have one too. He's like, I really like baseball. I'm like, yeah, I like baseball too. All these things are like fabrications of truth. I didn't really want a Miller Lite and I really didn't like baseball. But we sat there for two hours and all the tables around us uh, in, in waitressing, they call them flipping when like yeah. people sit and go. Um, so the tables were all flipping around us nonstop all night. And we just sat there and we talked and um, it was amazing. And we said goodbye to each other and my dad, part of the story is my dad's a mechanic. So I always had like the worst cars ever. So I had in the summer, I had a car with heat, but no air conditioning. And I had in the winter, uh, which is when we met, I had a car with air conditioning, but no heat. So I had parked pretty far from the front of the restaurant so that I would not get seen as I got into the car and wrap myself up in a Ninja Turtle comforter so that I could drive back home um but so we said our goodbyes and he had mentioned that he didn't have any like dress clothes for like the internship that we were in I was like oh give me a call we can go shopping together he never called and I was like what a jerk and I thought well I guess that's not gonna work out um and it turns out he has a he had a girlfriend yeah and he he <laughs> slight, com- up, slight complication there <laughs> yeah so he ended up breaking up with her within like you know the next week or so. Um, but yeah, after that, we really, we really bonded over learning about how beer was made. And, um, my, my gateway beer was a shipyard pumpkin head. Um, you know, I really love the sweetness of it. Uh, it tasted, it tasted like a pumpkin latte. It was (laughs) wonderful. Um, at this point in my life, my palate has changed quite a bit and that actually is very too sweet for me so i still i get very nostalgic so i'll actually take um, a little bit of that sweet pumpkin beer that comes out every year still um and i will do about like a quarter of a glass of that and three quarters of a nice dark stout and mix them and it really cuts down on the sweetness but still makes me go oh remember <laughs> remember when we first had this together it was wonderful 
What's so um, what's so interesting, yeah. Amanda, is that just asking you for the memory triggered, <laughs> you know, it triggers this story of like, and it, it almost puts you in this place. It's this idea of taste and smells, right? You know, there's probably food. You know, what's your earliest smell recollection from childhood? You know, and, you know, someone asked me that once and I'm like, uh, Play-Doh, I don't know, like... It's just like a thing, like where you you're instantly transported, like in a, and I'm sure some with some of the beers, like if you're like, oh, I remember the first time I tried this, or you know, especially since you, you have such a um, a, a palate that that can you know distinguish all the different flavors, and as you try more and more, that I'm sure it gets more and more refined. Yeah, um, it, it does. I definitely have things that I like, and so one thing that sets my show apart um, from other beer shows is there's a lot of tasting shows out there. Um, I don't do that. I drink beer because it's yeah. a beer show, obviously, but I don't actually talk about the taste and the flavors. And the reason I don't do that is because, I mean, I might talk about it very much superficially, but I don't want to put any ideas in somebody else's head. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, my palate is going to be a lot different than yours. Even if we've had the same exact experiences, my tongue is different than your tongue. Mm -hmm. So me trying to tell you what you should be tasting and what experiences you should be having with this beer aren't fair. And so I don't do that. I don't review beers. I don't, you know, I don't give tasting notes. Um, I I always think that podcasts where there's alcohol involved are slippery slopes because <laughs> unless you know that you're going to just try the one beer but I've, I've seen a couple devolve uh into just like uh randomness yeah. and, and probably something different than what was intended when this when the episode started yeah that's another problem i have with tasting shows is that it's an hour of like a bunch of friends getting together in their basement drinking beers and they start by talking about beer and all of these flavors that they think they can taste and hopefully somebody else can taste but maybe not um and then by the end of it, they're talking about like that time the dog did this really stupid thing, and you're like, "What the heck are we talking about? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, Where did it's, this go?" It always sounds funnier to the people who are hosting, but to the people, you know, because there's always like the annoying drunk guy in person, and now you're like the annoying podcast host because you're you're mm-hmm. telling jokes that only you appreciate. So, yeah, the most that I've ever had on the show is two beers. Um, I generally it's one though. Having two is like, that's a weird show. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I have actually done a tasting show where it's a round table, but we try like the, you know, like a, a ounce or two of the different beers. Um, we did one and it was really more about learning about a style. So we tried a bunch of different beers within one style and a brewer that he, he is amazing. He has like this, like, crazy brain that remembers all these facts and he can tell you exactly what year and what part of what country a beer first started and it was just like listening to him and then he throws in he's not a dad mm-hmm. but then he throws in all of these crazy dad jokes and so it was just like this episode that was like off the rails before it even started but in like the the most pleasant way possible very interesting stuff and uh, very... <laughs> i love my brewery friends <laughs> Well, I love this episode because we definitely, I think we, we teased out a bunch <laughs> of different threads and we were able to kind of bring them all in uh, and, and touch on all of them, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, if you ever want to like go back off on a vampire yeah. or I really <laughs> like fairies and, you know, yes. all kinds of mythical beasts, you just let me know. Yeah, fishing covered it all here. Yeah. So, so a couple of, couple of last questions. Um, okay. what's, what's the one most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, wow. You want to go deep, huh? <laughs> 
Um, so I, I, um, I appear to be very outgoing and it's all very much a facade before I go to any event. I have like this playlist that I listen to of like old time rap and like the Spice Girls. And I have to really pump myself up and I have huge body issues where I'm like, oh, I can't wear this. I can't like it's very nerve wracking. Um, And the way I get around that is like listening to the music, pumping myself up and then reminding myself that nobody cares about about me and what I look like as much as. I care about me and what I look like, right? They're all dealing with their own stuff. And quite honestly, if I walk into a conversation and the first thing that they are, that pops into their head is like, oh, what is she doing here? They've got their own problems. Like, why aren't they worried about like, you know, what they're going to say next? Why are they even caring? So, you know, I have to remind myself that, but yeah, it's, it's that I'm very outgoing and very much an extrovert and, you know, I am, but there's this other side of me, you know, I fight, I fight body issues, depression. I, I have all this, all this other stuff that's so much deeper under the surface. And it's, it's just, I really work hard at always bettering myself and trying to never letting fear or, you know, rejection hold me back. I just want to keep, I'll keep persevering no matter what. Yeah, that's super inspiring. That and that's something that, like, we can't hear enough of because everyone goes through it. You know, whatever, pick the topic, fill in the blank. I mean, there's something that we all don't like about ourselves, and we just tend to beat ourselves up over it. But I think you getting out there, you're you're doing a a better thing by having people be inspired by you, by your podcast, by the fact that you're out there, your personality, like it's infectious, and so you realize like you're almost doing a disservice to people when you're not putting yourself out there in that uncomfortable situation. So I, you know, kudos to you to, to keep persevering beyond that. And I think uh, the more you do it, the more people's lives you're actually going to impact. Well, thank you. That's very <laughs> sweet. What, um, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? Hmm. Um, well, we're having a lot of, I don't really change my, my mind a lot. I'm, I'm very stubborn very stubborn. Um, I will put something in my head and I'll be like, this is what it's going to be like this. I, you gotta, if it doesn't happen, then I get, I get angry Mm -hmm. like that. No, I've already decided like in my head, it's happened this way. So how can it not happen? Um, I was going to say originally, um, that we have a lot of renovations going on. So always kind of like changing my mind on like what I want exactly. But no, I'm pretty stubborn on that too. The one thing that I actually did really change my mind about recently, um, my daughter's turning six. Mm -hmm. Um, I've tried to convince her not to turn six, but she, (laughs) for some reason is like, no, I don't know. No, I keep telling her. She's like, mommy, I'm going into first grade next year. I'm like, no, you're going back to preschool. Like, no, I, no, she kind of gets mad at me about that. Um, but she's having her birthday party, she wants to have so here in Maine, we have this amazing scene of like all these things, and so part of that is, um, we have this thing called Circus Maine, and so they put on all these circus performances, but they also teach all kinds of classes and have birthday parties. So she wants to have a circus birthday party where she goes with her friends and learns, um, and like there's it's a certain price for eight people. 
I know this is like the most random story, no. but it's like it, it, it's going to get there in a minute. Yeah, sure. So there's like a surprise for eight people. So I was like, OK, you can have eight people, but there's this one person you can't invite because she's a real handful. And like she re- it's just, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons that she is hard to handle. And I didn't want her to ruin my daughter's birthday. And so I actually like sourced a lot of information like from other parents and from like instructors that they both have had and you know really talked to my husband's like it does it's not really fair not to let her invite her she really wants her there and so it's it's monumentous for me for like being able to take in other people's stuff and like really thinking about like how will it actually affect my daughter is it going to ruin things so badly that you know the backlash of not inviting her would be bigger you know, I talked to some other moms and they suggested talking to like the instructors that'll be performing the party and just like being up front with them in the first place being like, so this one kid does have a little bit, you know, like if any kids, not this one kid, but if any of the kids have some troubles, you know, don't fear having the parents take them out or something, mm. you know, so trying to find workarounds. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest one because it was like a really big thing where I had to like, I want everything to be perfect for my daughter yeah. not in a way where it comes easily because but they that's do, they, what's they, ruining they, our kids they do need to stumble and fall right they need to yeah scuff, scuff their knees and then cry and make mistakes and because we all did them you know i mean yeah it, and that's how we learn actually right right and it's just i i think that it's so easy to be um like so forgiving at that age like this this girl has I would never want her at my birthday. Like, you know what I mean? Like if she was an adult person, I'd be like, no, (laughs) like no way I'm not. But they're so forgiving and they just, you know, and trying to really, you know, look at that and learn from that and, you know, let go of my stubborn ways and be okay with how things go. And if they don't go perfectly, be, be okay with that and be forgiving and keep moving on. You know, it's something that kids do so easily and, we've learned over time to not do that as easily. It's amazing if we just pay enough attention to children, especially within that, that age bracket, they, they are our best teachers at sometimes, you know, cause they just, mm-hmm. the things that come out of their mouth, the way they interact with people, the unconditional love they have for people, the forgiveness, their ability to forgive like friends that like have quote unquote done them wrong. Like, ah, Mommy, daddy, you know, it's like, oh, that's how it is. And, you know, that's, you know, it's okay, you know. And if it, I think more adults live their life like children, uh, I think we'd be yeah. in a better place. Yeah, it, it's true. I mean, like I, I talked about earlier having body issues and I just have to listen to them. They tell me all the time how beautiful I am, you know. Awesome. Yeah, it's just, you know, it really is. It's so often we're too adult yeah. in our lives. Well, Amanda, you are definitely awesome in my book. <laughs> Thank you. You're pretty stinking awesome yourself. And I just, I mean, I'm, I love, I'm a good uh, judge of people's uh, uh, vibe, their energy. And, I, you know, I know we hit it off right away. So I was excited because I just kind of know in that back of my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's going to be on the show at some point. So <laughs> I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Um, Me too. And I'm, I'm looking forward to reconnecting. Are you going to make it to podcast movement? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> not unless, like, all of a sudden the show's like, here's money. Yeah. Like, well, put it out um, there. Maybe a, fu- a fundraiser from the, your listeners will help you get out there. And you can tell stories along the way. I'm sure that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, actually, so I think uh, Clay from the Fish Nerds and I are going to be going down to um, 
uh, what is it called? MapCon, Mid-Atlantic okay. Podcast Conference. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to do that. We're going to like stop at breweries and like figure they, like That's just cool. do all kinds of fun things uh, as we carpool when, our when way down there. It is in September. Okay. Um, it's in right near Philly. It's like in New Jersey, technically, yep. uh, but it's like right over a bridge. Uh, and it's like that first weekend in September, not the Labor Day one, but the one right after that. And uh, oh, yeah. I yeah. Actually, I actually have it on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's, yeah Joe cool. Pardo's great. He's yeah. wonderful. Um, and so Clay and I are going to try to go down there and hopefully we'll be de- debuting our um, our we got to come up with a fun name for it. But our little workshop on, you know, Full House stars and Family Matter stars all getting together and hanging out at Disney World or something. Hmm. <laughs> Those I, are always the most just, fun episodes. Just ask your, listener, like, yeah, just ask your <laughs> listeners or your Facebook group. They'll help you with the naming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where's the best place for folks to track you down online? So greatbeardventure.com is where everything lives uh and if you're a picture person like i am hit me up on instagram uh at greatbeardventure amanda thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories they're amazing stories (laughs) really (laughs) funny um and i appreciate you you taking the time thank you so much it's been a lot of fun what a good sport amanda was and i know you had to at least smile if not laugh out loud at some of the things that we covered in this conversation. She's, she's such a good sport, good energy, and just one of those people that you love being around because you know you're going to have a good time. So thank you again to Amanda Dowdy, and I look forward to reuniting with the entire PodFest crew in Florida early next year. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be like a family reunion for me, and, and it's just one of those that's on the list as a definite every year now. We are a proud member of Podcastica.com. Check out Game of Microphones, just getting started up. I really love Jason and Cruz commentary following each episode of Game of Thrones. And it, it really helps to um, get my fix in terms of like what happened in the episode. Can you please like uh, talk me off the ledge? Especially with some of these Game of Thrones episodes, they get pretty bananas. And the new season's off to a great start. So check that out, Podcastica.com, Game of Microphones. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out his fantastic selection of music at cedarsoil.com. I'm telling you, he's an amazing producer and a good friend of mine. And all those songs that you hear there, if you do check them out, they're all produced by him. Like he plays all the instruments and sings too. Super talented and super inspiring. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Podbean, at podbean.com slash podcast junkies. And remember, It's still the same offer. If you set up your account with Podbean, then please let me know and you get 30 minutes of free coaching from me. Just let me know that you set it up and we can talk about whatever you want related to the launch of your podcast. The retention hashtag for this week is Great Beer Amanda. So G-R-E-A-T-B-E-E-R Amanda, hashtag Great Beer Amanda. You can tag Amanda at Great Beer ADV which is short for adventure. So great beer, G-R-E-A-T-B-E-E-R-A-D-V on Twitter. And of course, you can tag us at podcast underscore junkies. Tune in next week when I have an interesting conversation with Claire Duffy. Claire is a new and upcoming podcaster, but she really caught my ear with her show, The Women of Hollywood. And it's about uh, the early years of the film industry and the unknown stories of these women 
who were really powerful in in their time. And I think a lot of these uh, are not known. And so she's bringing them to the spotlight uh, in her own unique way. I think you'll get a kick out of that. Don't forget to download our free PDF if you need uh, some tips on how to get your show launched and see some of the tools that I'm using on a regular basis. It's now been updated for 2017. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. That's number eight, T-O-O-L-S. Thanks for all you do to support the show and have a fantastic day.